How do we revolutionize cancer care? What innovations can solve global food scarcity? Can the next big leap in drug development come from a place you might not expect? These are the questions that drive us on New Wave, a podcast where curiosity meets life-changing science. In Nova Scotia, a new wave of pioneers are answering these questions, from reimagining how we treat the most daunting diseases to tackling the challenges of feeding a growing planet. Their stories are as inspiring as they are impactful. I'm Taylor McGilvery. Join me as we dive into these extraordinary narratives. We're not just talking about scientific breakthroughs. We're exploring how these advancements touch lives, reshape communities, and pave the way for a brighter future. Subscribe to New Wave on your favorite platform. Be part of a journey that takes you to the heart of innovation and shows how, in Nova Scotia, we're not just asking questions, we're finding answers. This is the moment where I say, hey, baby, but you hopped up off the couch. I had to. And ran over to beat the dog. She, okay. It's just so chaotic in here sometimes. Rose, are you crazy dog? Don't talk to her. Are you a crazy dog? Stay there. Good girl. She's, She's fucking nuts. Can you imagine if she was a human? I can't imagine... The fact that you and Todd are taking her in a sprinter van to drive from here to the other coast of our country and then down the entire coast of the United States and then crossing the border into Mexico in a sprinter van, just in a little sprinter van, not a lot of space, and taking this little ball of energy with you. I mean, we did a long road trip with Bigby. Similar to pretty much the same as that, just like minus a little bit. And it was pretty sweet. But Bigby's a big old lump of, of Lay's. Well, Rose is liquid. And so she fills whatever space she's in. Right. Right. So she is only this excited in a space that's this big where she can never gather all the information you know right but in the sprinter it's really very similar to like a kennel it holds her more still right there's containment yeah okay i get it right but i mean it's true one of the difficult things is going to be getting her exercise because we're not going to be staying at places necessarily that are like I can't, we can't just let her out the door to run around like we do at home. Same with Big B. Like we yeah. can't open the door to the backyard. Yeah. And she likes to really, really run. She's a crazy little dog. Sometimes we'll be like stealth camping, I'm sure, in cities. And like I'm going to have to 
listen to that noise that she makes when she's in the vehicle it or anywhere it, she doesn't want to be. Yeah, it's not even a dog noise. No, it's like a... That's literally what it's like. I bet if you are listening to this and you want to know exactly what it sounds like, you could just Google German short-haired pointer vocal and you will see what they are capable of. And I'll I'll take some I'll take some Instagram videos, stories of it while we're traveling. Yeah, yeah. And follow at Bridie McLean. Actually, I have a really good video I can uh, I can share to illustrate this point. So Cool. Um how's uh how are you? Oh, I'm good. I'm like You're gearing up. You're leaving in less you're leaving in like 5 days. Yeah, I'm just really I've been Going through every like space in the house, as you've probably noticed, moving things from the attic to the hallway to the spare bedroom to the bedroom to the kitchen. It's really just a lot of moving stuff around so, in the house. Yeah, it just sounds like me when I'm on acid. <laughs> um, but it's a neat it's a neat feeling, and <coughs> it's a very I'm excited. I'm excited, and I'm really nervous. Right. I'm really nervous, but I'm mostly starting to feel excited now. There's a lot of that energy around the house right now mm-hmm. with you and, and Todd gearing up to go and Becca, everything's finalized. She's out of here in, in uh, about a, like a month. Okay. And uh, yeah, a lot of excitement, a lot of nervousness. It's... Uh, How are you? Do you uh, also have excitement and nervousness? Yeah. I'm 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 excited. I yeah. think. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me what you're excited about. Um, I'm excited for. Um, I don't know. It's like I'm I'm excited for for a bit of change. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm I'm looking forward to. It's like I feel like the timing couldn't be better in terms of you know how like people really give into that. Um, that like new year, new me kind of uh-huh. thing. Like it's, it's exactly happening at that time. Yeah. So, you know, I'll have my birthday and then everyone will be gone and it'll be like, all right, 2020. How old will you be? Let's 32. fuck it up. 32. Wow. So yeah, 32 will be an interesting age. Will you, um, it's just so perfectly already fitting, like with my just the tips for today, but let's, oh, yeah? All yeah. Right. um, but <laughs> Yeah, will you be setting like specific goals? Will you go? Are you like feeling reflective? Not really. My, my no. I have one. My one goal is like just go to Japan <laughs> in twenty twenty. Yeah, uh, uh, in twenty twenty. Yeah. yeah. Um, but other than that, uh, no, I, I don't. No, I mean my goals will just be like be productive. Try to be try just try to be a better version of yourself. Than you were in 2019. But when you say be productive, like, does does that, there's no specific goals that come out of that? Or? Yeah, download numbers, right. uh, spe- like speaking engagements, Yeah, that, that kind of shit. More right. talks, like revamping talks. Yeah. That kind of stuff. But then when you like think productive, about- Like productive, like work-wise. Because mm-hmm. like 2019, as, as productive and great as it was, there was also a lot of... Uh, quote, quote unquote, productivity in lazing around. Yeah. So. I don't know. You like, you, it's all about balance, right? Yeah. And it doesn't, balance doesn't mean that every day of your life is perfectly balanced. It might mean that you work for like bursts of a time and then you laze 
and then you have to get sick sometimes and then you have to recover and then yeah. you're like full blast. Yeah. I don't know. Have you not, no- have you noticed like that that actually happens in cycles? Like every fall you were saying yeah. last week. Yeah, hundred like, percent. Kind of- yeah. The last like four years, every fall. I is there, real sick. is there periods of your uh-huh. year that you feel like really creatively inspired and like you're churning out new ideas and then other parts of your year where you're more like just working on those ideas or is it i uh yeah i feel like 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 late summer early fall is pretty like pretty bang on that's when you start getting going yeah which makes sense for like that's when school starts yeah 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 it's and it's just like a busy time of work Mm mm-hmm and then, like, you know, holidays, like, around this time, like, up from now until, like, after my birthday is very much, like, indulgent. Um, uh, just, like, party time. Yeah. Like, but, like, maybe a little too much. Mm-hmm. So, I'm trying to... Yeah, my goals are, like, pull back on party. Yeah. Push forward a little more on productivity. Right on. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I... Uh, can I tell you what my Just the Tips is right now? You want to do it right away? Yeah, okay, yeah, sure. because you know what? <laughs> this is really funny. I, I was like... Well, I before like, you do, I want to say, I want to say we've been, we've been doing this little like segment where we're just giving little, uh, recommendations. Yeah. And man, so many people are writing into us. Yeah. About, uh, about I will, them? yeah, about them. We had a bunch of people write in to show us and put stories up to show us that they're flossing their teeth because of you. I'm so happy which surprised me i i did not think people were gonna (laughs) fall for it um and it's great uh, it's changing life we had we had someone someone sent in a photo of their uh they were drinking some whiskey Mm. that i recommended and really enjoyed it and then and then last week i think i i recommended i think you should leave the the sketch show that's right well someone wrote me and went if you like tim robinson you need to watch the detroiters oh yeah i saw that that he, he did yeah and Holy fuck! I'm I almost finished both seasons already. Really? Yeah, it's super funny. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, if that's you, exciting. What did I say last week? Do you remember? I gotta write that down. I forget. Uh, you know what? I, I did put it in the episode description. Um, well, that's great. I I I gotta say I really like that seg this segment. Okay. Cool. Yeah, it it kind of inspires me in my week, mm. and um. Sometimes it's like, sometimes I don't know what to do with those little moments of inspiration. Like say I'm browsing on the internet and something like something sparks my curiosity and I go to it and I'm like, that's a great idea. I'm going to bookmark that for later and then never get around to it. But this is like, it's given me a place for that. Cool. Nice. Okay. So what is it this week? Um, this week, it's an episode of a podcast. So I don't really li- subscribe to any podcast on a regular basis. I don't listen to any podcast on a regular basis. But I have a few that like I've saved in my phone because I'll, I'll like do a Google search and I'll be like, what podcast should I listen to right now? And I'll, and I'll like, I'll bookmark it for later. Um, so this, this podcast yeah, I, I go to its like homepage and I look at the the guests and I look at the name of the episodes. I'm like, what's relevant to me? And so I went into my podcast app and I was like, what have I saved for later? And um, the show is called Good Life Project. Do you know it? Uh, no, I don't. Okay, so Jonathan Fields is the founder of the Good Life Project and he's like, 
He's like, I, I don't even know who he is. He sounded so familiar. He sounds like a classic NPR radio show host. Like he sounds like um, Ira Glass. He does. Yeah, well, not. I mean, I'm probably so wrong about that. Sure, but he he has that sort of like cadence to his voice yeah. that you feel like you'd hear on yeah NPR or something like that. Yeah. So I don't know. He's a guy and he's started the good life project and it's like a website you can go to. And, um, it has a podcast episode by a dude. Um, what was it called? What was his name? He, uh, was an, his guest was an ex military, uh, fellow who was like quite high up in the military. And then he left and he was like, Oh, I'm, I'm really good at teaching productivity. Like I'm really good at productivity. Jenko Willink. Uh, is that no, who it was? No. So the guest he had on his show, um, his name is Charlie Gilkey, I think is probably how you pronounce his name. Okay. And he's uh, um, he's the founder of ProductiveFlourishing.com. So this is like, he's a productivity teacher. And um, he developed, or he, he's, he's part of his research or whatever, has is, is been really appealing to creative types. So anyway, his, he wrote a book called um, Start Finishing. I haven't read it, but this is the thing that I feel like so hung up on in my creative life is like, I have all these ideas and I don't know how, not, I don't know how to get to the end of them, but I start so many of them and then they hang on me and I'm like, ah, geez, like I got to finish some of this. I got to execute some of this shit or let it go. Right. And I'm just coming out of this like (laughs) bananas season for me of like, making things like the I hear you podcast and we made I was part of making a feature film and I made like a retreat program and like all of this shit was happening and I was like oh my god I'm like absolutely absolutely at my max over my max like not happy and like flourishing in my life like my personal life um I was doing okay and I like it was a really short burst of um of energy when I say short I mean like maybe four months and um and so anyway so I put this podcast on and it has this like really great breakdown of um of of how to like look at your energy levels in different parts of your day I'm totally like um uh destroying this it's it's you you just got to listen to the episode but basically it made it made me it gave me a template for like okay actually this is this is like if our if our focus works in 70 to 90 minute increments which even exercise science says the same thing then then you have these like blocks these focus blocks within your day and i know i already know this about myself this is something it talks about in the podcast but or yeah is that morning between like 5:30 a.m. and it's fucking early I know, but I get up, if I get up at five and I make myself a cup of coffee All right. and I sit down at 5.30 to do something, I can focus on that for like 90 minutes without like blinking. Right. Right. That time goes by so quickly because nothing is distracting me and not everybody is like that. So he talks about like these, these sort of like types where there's like, there's the morning person who's like super, super productive in the morning and they're there's like they're called the larks and then there's the night owls who are like very productive at this particular point this is when their creativity is at its 
at its highest. Right. And there's like basically these blocks. And then so within your day, you've got like if you within a balanced day or whatever, he's he's like you've got a focus block, you've got like a social block, which is generally also works in like 90 minute increments with this like a meeting or um like I go to to the yoga studio or whatever. And then and then the, I'm just kind of like making this up obviously and then he's got like um the admin block which is like maybe like 60 minutes you want to spend on your laptop or whatever like answering emails rather than like refreshing your email all day and then you have your restorative blocks which are like the things you do to self-care right whatever that might be and i was like this was so appealing to me because um that morning there's like there's like a couple of morning blocks Basically, he says, if you have a project that you can't, that you can't devote at least three of your focus blocks to in a week, you're not going to make any movement on it, which is like a really reasonable amount of time. It's like three, four and a half hours a week. Yeah. Okay. So I've got our podcast. This is a huge project Mm -hmm. for me, right? And it's something I want to give my time to while I'm away. Another thing I'm, I want to give my time to while I'm away is like, the second iteration of this creativity retreat because it's already booked it's in the calendar it's happening like last weekend of may next year when i get back Mm -hmm. and then i've got sick wish which is this big fundraiser that is kind of like a sick boy and bridey combo event and then and then this other other like project that's that I'm not going to announce to the world yet, but I'll tell you about later. But I was like, okay, that's like four hefty projects, right? And they're they're not necessarily economic projects, but what is my, if my economic thing is like managing an online store for a, a company that like is kind of distant from me and it's like, it'll pay my bills. It's like my economic work, but it doesn't need to be in my like prime focus block right, time. You right, right. Anyway, I get super geeky and excited about any sort of like organization, time management, like productivity, creativity, uh, uh, self-help like thing. But one of the, the reason I think it's really valuable to know about is in, in relationships is he, he mentions, he's like, I want my wife, I'd rather have like a half an hour of like focused time with my partner then four and a half hours of her only being like three quarters uh, there or sorry, she's like totally tied up with like a couple of other things at time and we don't, it's not quality time. So I want her to get all the things she needs outside of our relationship so that when we're together, she can be really focused. Mm-hmm. And I fucking love that. I think that's a really, really valuable tool. I think quantity of, of, of together time versus like quality of together time is super impactful on a, on a relationship because I feel lonely and bored if I'm, if I'm with you in the house, but we're just kind of moving around each other sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I like that a lot. Sometimes I'm like, this isn't the time that I want our time together to be like really together. Yeah, you. Yeah, right. You're giving more weight to quality over quantity. Mm -hmm. I think that's super important in in all relationships, really. Agreed, and and that's 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 kind of the 
that's kind of like the lifestyle goal here right now with, yeah. with looking at this model and being like, especially on the road, mm-hmm. um, jammed into a small space with, with one other person. Yeah. For a long time. Yeah. Cause that's going to be hard. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I had a, I had the, I was thinking about this actually the other day, um, where, where it was like a night where Becca wanted to go to this, like this like big party this like bar party it's like a kind of like a a house edm night mm-hmm. kind of like a rave sort of thing and i was like nah i'm just really not feeling that and uh and so i didn't go but but our mutual friend jordan asked me to go out to see like a couple of bands with her at this other bar and i was like yeah i'll go hang out with jordan while becca went and did this like other thing with a bunch of other our other friends and it was we don't usually do that. Like it's usually we we are very like glued together when it comes to like being out with friends. Um, and it was just so it was just like such a nice experience to just you know we're both out we're both socializing but we're both doing our own thing like within our same friend group. Um, and I th- like after that I felt like there was there was something about that experience that like, I feel like brought us a little closer together, Mm. you know, like I think it's really important to, to, I'm sure tons of people are hearing this and going, yeah, of course. Mm. But I'm, I'm sure there's also some people out there hearing this that like, you know, like really are glued to the hip to their partner when it comes to like social outings and stuff like that. And uh, there's just something really like freeing and nice and refreshing to like not always like have to do the same thing together. Um, I don't know where I'm going with that, but no, I like that. I think it, it kind of, I think we become sort of a, our personalities work in such a way that like different relationship enhance different qualities of our personality. Yeah. And then it, and not, yeah, they influence it. So it's like if someone is around, I'm influenced by them. So if your partner's around and you're influenced by them, then the other people you're with don't maybe don't get to see parts of you that you're you don't express in that relationship. And mm. that probably sounds really bad and maybe people are hearing this and be like just express yourself with whoever you are. Like don't censor yourself or like hide parts of yourself, but I think it works that way. I feel like I see it in all kinds of relationships where it's like it could be as clear as like, yeah, I don't talk about my open relationship in front of my stepmother because she doesn't really like it and it's not great for our relationship. Mm. Or it's just like it's it's more subtle than that. It's more nuanced than that. It's like I have a pretty dark sense of humor and I don't use that around this person because they're sensitive. They're sensitive about that. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah. Cool. I think that's I think it's valuable and it, it's probably provides richer relationships between you and your your friends yeah um yeah so that's my just a tip is listen to that that podcast episode um with on jonathan field's the good life project his episode um is called how to start finishing um and the guest is charlie gilkey is there a number episode number oh, or anything i knew you there? were gonna ask me that i'm so annoyed well I don't, whatever I don't who fucking it. cares just google it you'll find it okay um, all right. My just the tips is just a silly one. Um, uh, cherry bubbly water, <laughs> cherry flavored bubbly. 
This isn't brought to you by bubbly or anything, but cherry flavored bubbly, it is, dude, it tastes like Dr. Pepper. It's yeah. fucking crazy. There's no sugar. It's just <laughs> like, it's probably keto friendly, I'm guessing. I don't oh know. Yeah, yeah, I think it is, yeah. But it's man. sparkly water with no sugar. Sparkly water with no sugar, but tastes like a Dr. Pepper. It's sort of suspicious, isn't it? Is it, it just kind of like I putting don't, I don't essential get, oil? I have no in... fucking clue how they're doing it. I don't get it. I don't get it, but it's, and like, I can't, it's hard to even get. I mean, it says natural flavors. What does that mean? Uh, that could mean, um, that could mean the oils from a gland that is located inside a beaver's asshole. It could. That's an actual thing. Except it says vegan, I think, on it. Then I wonder. Then the it's same probably thing. not that. I wondered the same thing. Castor oil, I believe that's what that's called. It's, Castor oil comes from a beaver's butt. Oh, maybe that's maybe I'm making that up. That's a that's a different thing, probably. There is a there's a there's an oil that comes out of a beaver's asshole out and of this that's one gland that provides the flavor of some vanilla. Yeah. When you read when you read natural vanilla flavor, sometimes that means it comes from a beaver's butt. I'm googling. Yeah. Um, is that blowing your mind, listeners at home? Are you list? Are you thinking about the last? This is not a joke. This vanilla is an thing. flavored thing that you put in your mouth. Uh, beaver asshole gland flavor. <laughs> you know. You know what you get when you when you fucking Google that. The first thing that just comes up: vanilla, ice cream flavor, beaver anal glands. Vanilla and raspberry flavors might in, be enhanced by. Oh, I was so close. Castorium. A mixture of the anal secretions and urine of beavers. It's also found in perfume. The FDA approved product is categorized under natural flavoring, so you won't know if you're eating it. Who's the fucking first person on the planet that f- figured out that castorium? Like, like, were you just sli- like, were you just slicing into a beaver, t- you know, to like Don't eat the beaver, and then, like, as you were skinning it, you were like, God, this smells amazing. You know what's interesting is that vanilla does smell amazing, but it tastes like ass. Oh, really? Yeah. Castorium is... Oh, my God, dude. Oh, my God. Castorium is a yellowish exudate from the castor sacs of the mature North American beaver. I'm sorry, the castor sacs? Castor sacs. Beavers use castorium in combination with urine to scent mark their territory. Both beaver sexes have a pair of castor sacs and a pair of anal glands located in two cavities under the skin between the pelvis and the base of the tail. The castor sacs are not true glands, endocrine or exocrine, on a cellular level, hence references to these structures as preputal glands, castor glands, or scent glands are misnomers. It is used as a tincture in some perfumes and was sometimes used as a food additive in the early 1900s. Oh, so maybe it's like not so much anymore. <clears throat> I mean, like we've got to be able to synthesize that shit at this point. Yeah, I would imagine that that um, you probably can't get away with that. I mean, maybe you can oh, in like fact- I'm sure you would can. Would you factory farm your vanilla? Right. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, my just the tips is um, beaver anal gland flavored bubbly water. <laughs> you can pick it up at a shopping store near you. <clears throat> what do you got there? You got the some book. Um, do you want to talk about this book? Um, I feel like talking about this book is gonna get is gonna like what throw you in jail or something. No, I. It's so funny. Like I, I tried with all of my spare time to. Um, 
to look up other people's sort of critiques of this book. Um, but I think it's like a pretty classic in terms of erotic history or erotic writing. Well, do you want to touch on the, the email that we got? That was, I I don't know where the email is. What email? The, someone wrote in and was basically like, no, I don't think we need to read that. Okay. No. Um, so basically I made reference to this book called Delta of Venus. Um, you monster. I forget how to pronounce her name. Uh, Anise Nin? Anise. Anise Nin. We looked at it up on YouTube before to pronounce it. But um, anyway, Delta of Venus, it's a collection of, of um, well, every chapter is kind of a different story, but they're all woven together. It's, it's a collection of erotic literature that she wrote for um, a guy who hired her to write erotic, erotic fiction. And she basically wrote it within like a writing group. They they were all kind of writing erotic <laughs> literature and, and I think selling it to this particular um, guy who was buying it who was like, they were all, I, I want to say, somewhere in Europe writing for him. And he, he was like a, like a farmer, like a cattle farmer maybe in okay. the States. Anyway, so basically... She wrote with she like wrote a crazy disposable income, or like what the fuck? What kind of cattle farm? Well, farmer? you don't make. I mean, they were. I think they were making like a hundred dollars a story or something. Okay, All right. Um. So yeah, and I made reference to it in an, <clears throat> in an earlier recording because um, one of the Patreon benefits is that I'll read erotic literature. Right. And I picked this up as a book, thinking, oh, I'll read this and I'll release this as a Patreon. Um. But there's like a lot of references to um, things that are like pretty taboo, like um, like in one in the beginning, uh, this guy basically he's introduced as the the Hungarian adventurer, and he he travels around and like makes women fall in love with him. He's like perfect in every way, makes women fall in love with him, and then he plunders them and leaves them, but like they don't mind because their lives were so like dramatically and charismatically affected by him so like plunders them and leaves it do you like, mean pl- like, like takes all their money and leaves <laughs> okay yeah. yeah right um and at one point he talks about uh about visiting or she writes about him visiting his his friend who has these two little girls and they they love him so much and they just call him uncle and they they love him and they come and they, they jump on his bed in the morning and he like basically has morning wood and and Uh-oh. but these girls are like you know it's all it's all very innocent and whatever and and you know and, and then he's like basically coming right um and i, I think we should okay look uh, we're not gonna read the email because i don't know where it is but i think we should i think we should just address i think we should just address that because even you saying this right now, there's probably there might be someone out there listening to that going, "This is really horrible. Why are we talking about this? Why would you be promoting a book that delves into things that are not okay?" Which, like, of course, some of these things that you said, those aren't okay things. But I also want to like just point out that, um, it's we're not talking about something that's real. We're talking about fictional stories. So. You know, it's like if you if you had a 
to me that that is that response is the same kind of response that I would feel if someone went, "Oh, you who don't support Kill Bill." It, that gratuitous violence is uh, is it perpetuates like female female violence or like it just like it I it just sounds so silly to me to 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 have such a problem with um, with like fictional writings or whether it's film or fucking books or music or you know it's it's the same as like oh Marilyn Manson's the reason why kids shot up a school in Colorado no it's not mm. it's th- this is a, this is a book of like of like naughty taboo erotica slash fantasy some people have rape fantasies that's okay that's an okay thing mm-hmm I get, I get really, I get really, fired I, up. I get really fired up when people, um, when people, uh, have such a hard time with art and I totally, it's like, I totally, I totally validate like the need for trigger warnings for, for some, some, um, uh, you know. some mediums or like some certain things that you're going to talk about, but I don't know. Uh, I know you don't want to fucking get into this, but I think it's, I think that I'm, I think I feel very strongly about. I, I, the thing is, is I'm, um, I'm not like devouring the book. Like I'm not speeding through it. Like can't put it down, but it, I mean, it's, um, I agree with you. It's it's uh it's porn. That's what it is. Yeah. It's it's like you know, I don't think more shocking than like a lot of people who after I mentioned I was like, "Oh, well the first kind of book I masturbated to was uh Flowers in the Attic," which is like we're talking like incestuous sex. Yeah. And um go to go to Pornhub right now. And the the front page, that's all it is, is yeah. incestuous sex. And, you know, and then you've got, like, your teen porn category, which is, like, little, I mean, generally, obviously, and... It's okay to have a problem with that. Yeah. But they're not actual teenagers. I, you know... You're, well, you're hoping. Hoping. Um, but that is, like, yeah, it's a genre or, like, you know, whatever. I... I I don't, I didn't not, not want to talk about it. I just kind of, I don't really have much of a, like I didn't, I haven't done research on like, what do other thinkers think about like this as a text, as a, as a piece of writing? But I, but actually the little amount of research I've done suggests that um, it's still quite a celebrated piece of work. Right, sure. Um. Yeah, I think erotic literature has been kind of like my my libido's in this like weird place right now where I'm like haven't masturbated in a really long time and I know that I kind of am like um neglecting that that part of my self and 
I don't know if that's if like I put it to the bottom of like the priority list when I'm like busy or when I'm like trying to get shit done, but I do forget to prioritize it as one of my like self-care blocks. But I've been reading this book on the bus to and fro to different places because I'm taking the bus a lot and I do feel like a bit of a stirring in me in terms of like sexualizing myself or like sexualizing life or or whatever sure anyway so I think it's it's kind of a kind of a neat thing to to uh, remember as a tool for keep stoking those stoking those fires is like reading erotic literature right but you have to find what what works for you and this is this is this works more than say that book of erotic literature which i just took out of the attic um this book is i think i got it from venus envy like a million years ago called dirty girls erotica for women and it's a bunch of stories and some of these are stories i've read for patreon subscribers right and then but then i open up this book delta venus and i'm like there's something really quite sophisticated, right? Whereas about like the writing, Dirty Girls is a little more trashy. Yeah, well, it's yeah, not like more trashy, but like every story is in someone else's voice because there's a compilation mm. of a bunch of different writers, and so it's like there's a bunch of different scenarios, but none of them are connected to each other. Whereas in this book, there's kind of like it's light. Right. Reading that like uh, probably a lot of people got out of um, Fifty Shades of Grey. Right. You know what I mean? Like it's one voice. So it it travels through like one fantasy. And if you can imagine like every every chapter is a story and every story has a climax literally then after you read three or four stories and literally as in like someone comes in every story well no but there's a climax of the story that's like this is the super sexy part oh i see yeah yeah Yeah. um and yeah and so if you read three or four chapters in a row you've kind of like in your imagination gotten to that climax point like three or four times just psychologically unless you're masturbating to it at the same time but like psychologically that it has an effect that's gotta be tough masturbating while while reading reading? i i mean i did a lot as a teenager but i how the fuck haven't you just hold it you hold your book in one hand yeah but how do you but i mean how do you turn the pages with your thumb jesus that's i mean that's (laughs) just or sometimes like lube covered fingers of the other hand right hey that's i see that's a library book from the halifax uh yeah i'm not library. masturbating with this copy oh no no <laughs> you no. come across any like oily looking pages <laughs> not yet oh, not yet but i haven't returned it yet um actually there is one little sort of water stain looking thing on the edge of this page which oh, yeah. could be could be yeah. a lube a lube stain could be some jizz yeah cool well um sweet maybe maybe that'll become some uh, some content for us to talk about uh, at some point when you read a story when that really we get some emails about how i'm sure we'll get an email turn me on we'll be right back after this word from our sponsors as a person with a very deep voice i'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. 
LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs, also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Um, uh, do you want to speak in emails? Do you want to hit this brand banner? I would love to. Okay. I like this one. Me too. It's a great question. <coughs> okay. Um, this is from Gilin. I love how everyone spells Gilin a little bit differently. Okay, are you listening or are you... Okay. I'm listening. Hi, Bridie and Jeremy. Long-term, turn-me-on listener here. I'm in a bit of a predicament and would love your take on my situation. Sorry, it's a bit of a saga. No problem. For some background, I'm a junior in college and I'm currently studying abroad, but will be going back home at the end of the year. Around this time last year, one of my girlfriends, let's call her Kate, who's a year older than me, was in my position, having just returned from studying abroad herself. We were catching up, and I mentioned that I had feelings for one of our mutual friends. Let's call him Shane. It wasn't a big deal, but I told her I'd had feelings for him since my freshman year when we met. Around two weeks later, I heard from my roommate, who was also in our friend group, that Kate had been sleeping with Shane since she'd been back. I was a little upset, but not really surprised for some reason, so I wasn't in any hurry to bring it up with her. Soon after that, Kate and I were hanging out, and it kind of became an an elephant in the room. So we talked about it a little. She said that the day I told her about my feelings for Shane, she had slept at his place the night before and didn't know how to tell me at the time. I couldn't be mad at her or forbid her from seeing him. So I decided to just let it be and play the long game, so to speak. Kate and Shane kept seeing each other and kind of dated, even though they didn't call it that for the rest of the school year and through summer. Fast forward to now, Shane and Kate ended things when he left for abroad. I'm not sure on what terms or if either of them wants to get back together when we're back at school in January. I still have deep feelings for Shane, and I feel like I have to tell him how I feel or I'll go crazy never knowing if he might feel the same way even a little. My problem lies in the fact that I don't want to ruin my relationship with him or Kate. I'm worried that if I tell Shane how I feel, that Kate will see it as a betrayal. But at the same time, I don't think I should have to ask her permission to share my feelings, especially because I liked him before they were ever an item. I also worry that Kate might have mentioned to Shane that I had feelings for him and I'll look stupid confessing something he already knows and obviously doesn't reciprocate if he hadn't acted on it. Pretty much everyone else in the friend group knows how I feel too and wants us to be together, not that that matters." Shane is such a light in my life, and even if he didn't feel the same, I just want to tell him how much he means to me. So what do you think? Do I tell Shane how I feel? Do I stay quiet and lonely? Hope all is well with y'all. Keep fighting the good fight. Keelan. Okay. Well, I mean, I I think... I don't know what you feel like, Braddy, but I feel like this all sounds... So high school, so young, 
This I don't know if Gilen. I don't. We she. They never said their age, but they did say junior year in high school in university or college. Yeah, it's, we don't have that up here. We we just do first year, second year, third year, fourth year. But I think junior is second year university of college. Okay, of university. or of college or whatever. Okay, whatever you're going to, whatever your institution is. So you know, um, Gilen here. It seems like a young woman. This all seems a little. Uh, it, it's, it, I'll put it this way. I feel like Gilan is going to grow up over the next decade or two and will look back on this time of Kate and Shane and, and everything that's going on with the friend group and all the speaking, you know, be, behind people's backs without, you know, no one's telling everybody I think Gilan's going to look back at that time and go, that was also silly. And I will say this in any move. And I base everything in my life off movies. So if, and, and my life's been pretty good so far in any movie I've ever watched where the plot line has something to do with a young person who had feelings about something or someone but they kept them to themselves and they never told that particular person or they never spoke about that particular thing. Years later, they always regret it. So if I know my movies, I am saying, Gilan, you're going to regret it if you don't tell Shane how you truly feel immediately or as soon as you can. That and is not what I expected to come out of your mouth. Yeah, you gotta tell you gotta tell them how you feel. Also, she's totally right. They're if they're not they're not together. Kate's her friend, but like, <clears throat> but I think I would think it would be I think I think that look she never said she loves Shane, but that little sentence at the end there, he is a light in my life. I think Shane deserves to hear that. She feels that way. Regardless of whether or not he already knows or somebody else told him, it doesn't fucking matter if somebody else told him. He didn't hear it from you. As far as he's concerned, it could be a rumor or whatever. But I think he needs to hear it from you. And also, I don't think that that constitutes ruining a relationship or like, I mean, it could. But I've I've told people in my life that, you know, how I feel about them and it didn't ruin things. It doesn't have to. As long as you don't get weird and obsessive about it. Right. Just say, just say, look, I want to let you know. I am madly in love with you and I will marry you the single moment if you ask me. No, I mean, like, just say, you know, say, say how you feel. Say you're, you're, you're very important to me and I value you in my life and I would, in a heartbeat, um, date you or I don't know how to say it, but. Find the words to get out what you feel. Yeah. Do you know what you want? Yeah. I think, I think if it's just like, if it's just, if it's as simple as just saying, you know, I have deep feelings for you and, and you're, you're important to me. Yeah. And I just want you to know that. And if you feel the same way, great. If you don't, that's fine too. But I just, I would, I would kick myself if I never told you how I felt. That's kind of nice. I'm, I'm really surprised. I didn't expect that from you at all. What the fuck do you think when I was going to say? When you started talking. Um, and I thought you were just going to say, it all sounds like drama, walk away. 
there is some drama elements to it. I think it's like you literally just need to tell him. And then after you tell him, go to Kate and go, Kate, look, I know you know how I've felt. And I just, I had to voice it to Shane and I hope that's okay with you. But, um, I would, uh, I would, I would kick myself if I never let him know that, um, he means a lot to me. Okay. And hopefully Kate hears that and, and doesn't react too strongly, but you know. Well, yeah, I think if you're inviting those kinds of conversations into your life, you do have to ask yourself, is it worth the potential outcome? Like, what is the, I don't know, I guess I would be, I I was kind of inclined to say, like, what's the worst case scenario? If you tell Shane this and he's like, I don't feel the same way and are you going to be okay with that? Are you still going to like... Do you just need, do you have some expectations in telling him that he's going to reciprocate and then you'll be happy because your email ended? Um, Do I tell Shane how I feel? Do I stay quiet and lonely? Because you might tell him how you feel and still end up lonely. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like regardless of, I feel like if you don't say anything, then you're going to, in quote, in quote, quote unquote, you're going to get hurt. You're going to just be hurting yourself by not voicing the thing that's like bottled up inside you because never, that never helps. If you do voice it, you might end up hurting Kate. But you also, there's a chance that you might not end up hurting Kate. She might just hear it and go, yeah, I understand that. Yeah. So... You know, it's like that, uh, it's like that philosophy sort of like equation of like, is it worth it to be religious? Is it worth it to like believe in in heaven or heaven and hell? And it's like, if you, not to say that this makes me believe in heaven or hell, but it's just, it's a little like thought experiment. Okay. If you believe in hell, if you believe in heaven and hell, um, uh, then, and you, you know, you, you believe in God, then if you die, you are going to go to heaven. Okay. If you believe in hell, heaven and hell, and you die, but it's not real, then nothing happens. If you don't believe in heaven and hell, and you die, and heaven and hell is not real, then nothing happens. But if you don't believe in heaven and hell, and you die, and heaven and hell is real, you're going to hell. So... Out of those two beliefs, I do believe or I don't believe, well, the I do believe has two outcomes. Either nothing happens or you go to hell. But the I do believe has two outcomes. Either nothing happens or you go to heaven. The I do believe outcomes are more positive and outweigh in terms of benefits the I don't believe because it's the only one where by chance, you know, if it's real, you won't go to hell. Mm-hmm. So you are better off to believe in heaven and hell because if it's real, then at least you go to heaven. And if it's not real, then who fucking cares anyway? Cause nothing happens. Yeah. Now I look at this the same way <laughs> as I look at this question. If you don't say anything, you're maybe nothing happens or you could get hurt. You hurt yourself. Or if you do say something, then one of two things could happen. Kate gets hurt or she doesn't. And no one gets hurt and everyone's happy. 
Okay. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, I realize how fucking dumb <laughs> no, that was. No, 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 no. I, I, um, I just have to trust that you told that story really coherently and in such a way that the listeners understand. There's no way any, anybody point, took that. Yeah. I, I mean, I was jumbling my words. At one point I was like, did you just repeat the same two options? Anyway. I most certainly um, did. Uh, but that's fine. I think. Um, but imagine this. Imagine, imagine you don't tell Shane. You grow up. You find a man. You fall in love. You have kids. You get that white picket fence living in, you know, Massachusetts. It sounds like they're they they go to some like matchbox of our own. Yeah. So things are really great, and uh, and then Shane, all of a sudden, way down the road, comes to you and says, "Hey, I I have to get this off my chest. It's been decades. I have always had feelings for you. Then what's going to happen? You're going to be all fucked up because you never told Shane, and, and you probably still have those feelings for Shane. And now your husband that you love." and cherish and have kids with is now going to get hurt because if you, if, cause, because now there's no way you can't be with Shane. I mean, you've got, you've got to move, you've got to drop that family, get those fucking stinkers out of here and go with Shane. And at that it's point, your second chance and yeah, you and, should go for it. And so your husband and your kids, they're going to be fucking devastated. So it's like, if you, you might just fucking tell Shane now before you, you do all this damage later in your life. That's what I'm saying. I think that's really wise, Jeremy, and really thoughtful. Thank you for putting so much time and thought into... I actually thought about this at the bar last night. Well, yeah, I, I'm glad we answered it because it, it kind of stuck with me too. And I, I'm not going to lie, like my opinions changed um, since hearing your thoughts. Oh, because you were like, don't tell Shane? That was what you were thinking? Well, I was thinking like, I guess the point of my original thought really was like, what are you expecting? Right. Think about it. Weigh out the pros and cons, and like. Well, yeah. Just like, are are you telling this person something with a with an expectation that maybe you're not really aware of? Like, do right. you have? Are you you're hoping like that you're gonna do that, and he's gonna say, "I want to be with you too." I'm so glad you said something. Right now, we can like explore this, and it's. It, it's going to be a real romantic story. Yeah. Um, but if you're if you're going through all of this with the expectation that if you tell him that's going to be the result, then that's going to suck. Well, you definitely can't be going in with any expectations. No. And you. But I think I think I think the really like what and what she's asking here is like, should I? I think she just needs to get it off her chest. Well, I just feel like. You can still go in. You got to get clean about your motivations before you have a conversation that could fuck shit up in your social life. And in <clears throat> what if her motivation is simply just to get it off her chest because it's her, eating at, away at her? Then, then she, I think she has to really honestly feel like I'm not attached to the outcome of this, right? In any way, I agree with that. But that's a hard place to get to. And you might, and I don't know, it can take some work, I think, to get there. Not that you, not that Gila and you can't get there and whatever. This is just my point of view. But if you can take the time to get there emotionally where you're like, actually, yes, I can, I can say this with, with, with clarity and with no strings attached and, you know, and still just feel like I I did right by myself by getting that off my chest, then that's great. Okay. 
I say follow your gut and don't destroy your future husband and children, children's lives. <laughs> so, and I stand by that. Yeah, what future are you playing into? <clears throat> um, all right, cool. Well, if you have a brain boner and you would like us to uh, think about it for over 24 hours and then give <laughs> our answers the next day, uh, send us an email. Turnmeonpodcast.gmail.com. To, for those of you who respond to that and you do take the time and you write out your emails and your thoughts and then you finish them with, please don't share this on the podcast. I Oh yeah, we get some of those sometimes. We get some of those sometimes and and unfortunately we're just not at the capacity to to, to be right. Like I, when, when I get an email like that, I can think about it and think about it and think about it and then if I go to really write write down my thoughts, it takes me more than 24 hours. Well, it's, yeah, again, it comes back to that thing you were talking about at the very beginning of the podcast of like your, the amount of time with which you have to output certain yeah. productivity. And that's a really hard thing, you know, to be asked something so, so deep and, and to be asked to, um, to give a response to like a question so large. Yeah. Uh, that takes a lot of energy. And it, and not to say that it's not, it's not worth our time because that's not what it is. It, it literally is just um, uh, the request to like be uh, to aid in that way is just a little too much on our plate right now yeah, for us to actually like take the time to do that. Whereas it, doing it on the show like this is, well, we have the time to do it right here, but we're doing it with our, with our voices as yeah. opposed to sitting down and typing it out. It's a lot more, um, that's a lot more, uh, in line with what we're yeah, and accessible. What we're kind of, and the reason we ask, you know, so we're not ignoring you. No, we're no, not. definitely, definitely not. It's, it's, it's like, and it, and I, because I am the way I am, and I'm such an organizer. Chances are that your email is going to live in the inbox until one day I have a pocket of time and I go. I think I've. I think this is kind of like. I'm going to clear out the inbox. I'm this going to respond. I'm going to respond to things. Yeah. But I and I will, but it just might be months later and the advice might not be relevant anymore. Yeah. And, um anyway, but uh yeah. Um yeah. So, if yeah. you have questions and and you're like, I don't want you to read it because my partner listens to the show, change names, maybe change the scenario a bit. Change, and maybe throw in some like pepper in some details that are fucking way not true so that they think Oh, this is clearly not our situation. Yeah. You know, like say I live in Alaska. Yeah. There's no one in Alaska is listening to our show. So Or uh or um be become a thirty dollar patron and I'll write you back. Yeah, whoa, there we go. All right. <laughs> uh put that in our tears. We will write you back if you email us. <laughs> um handwritten. handwritten. All right, well this was fun. Uh that um uh, you know, we're we had a little host episode here. We've we've actually got a couple of great episodes in the bank, so we're gonna release while while we are apart. Um, but we're we're trying to like cram in a bunch over the next couple of uh, days so that we have enough to to feed your ear holes until Bridie and I meet up in L.A. in January. And I've been like brainstorming and writing down all kinds of ways that um, we can stay engaged with one another, not just you right. and I, Jeremy, but like each of us separately yeah. with our with our friends through turn me on kind of right. like you and becca socializing separately with our with your common friends yeah yeah um and so yeah keep your ears peeled i i'm gonna talk uh, talk some of these ideas out with you jeremy and, okay. and come up with some some good ways that we can i'm excited 
we can tantalize our our listeners. All right. Well, um, if you have a brain boner, turn me on podcast.gmail.com. If you have a beautiful butt um, or, you know, you think your butt is beautiful or you just you don't think your butt is beautiful, but you want to put it up just to like boost your confidence. um, I can guarantee you your butt is beautiful. All butts are beautiful. And we will post your butt no matter the size, color, shape. Um, uh, well, as long as you got something on. Yeah. Yeah. Keep like, keep even a G string. Just, yeah. Yeah. It can be a hopeful. little G string, but uh, a nude, nude, nude butt is really tough. Um, so send your butts over to uh, inst- uh, at turn me on podcast on Instagram or to our email and patreon.com slash turn me on. Uh, we could always use your support. Again, uh, all of the support there goes to helping us do this project that really we are um uh, although we're with a network podcasting is not uh uh, not a job that anyone should decide to get into for a full-time position that being said their bills i do want to say that we do have ads that we run on the show yeah and i'm not being paid to say this we don't do ads for things that we don't try and legitimately oh yeah like yeah so we've, if you, t- we've turned down ads before. yeah so if you if you hear us which is talking fucking about, crazy we turned down ads before because we're not making any fucking money right but but yeah we want to be honest with what we're telling you to spend yeah. your money on yeah uh all right that is it for this week it sure is until next week go fuck yourself yeah.